Hey all you civic-minded Sumerians, it's your girl Savannah here to dish up the goss and spill all the tea from the campaign trail as election season heats up. Today's blend is none other than the results from our very first audience poll. Fans are hot for teacher this election as the PTA leads the pack with 13%. The community's biggest collective has reportedly already knocked on every door in town, and their preternatural ability to be all things to all people has voters of all stripes saying, yes daddies. A big surprise in second place with 9% of fans pulling for dreary bureaucrat Mina Redmond. She seems to have struck a chord with her latest policy proposal to ease the morning commute by making all sidewalks one way. I guess that's one way into voters' hearts. The assiduous auditor appears to have benefited most from poor Solar's gadfly gaff. The celestial hunter standing dropped to 8% after they reportedly spent the last 24 hours at a verdancy retreat with Andrew the Alligator. <laughs> Keep your chin up, Moonslayer. Much like your celestial prey, campaigns are known to wax and wane. <laughs> Don't hate me, Clarigans, but it's a two-way tie at the bottom with C-Mac and Claire Claremont at 6% apiece. Our C-Sweeties made waves this week with some interesting endorsements and reports of a budding alliance, but fans are big mad about what's being dubbed the Fog Fiasco. This race is as fluid as the blood in your human veins, so be sure to stay tuned for the next broadcast of Surreality TV's Candidate Survivor. Ooh, wait a minute. Who got the other 58%? No declared candidate. Unknown. Okay, unknown. Gotcha. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Tio. Hi, my name is Tio, and I know when I'm supposed to speak. <laughs> and I play Claire, the Forgotten Vessel. <laughs> Good, good, very good. <laughs> no explanation needed. Hannah. Hi, I'm Kyle. I don't know when to speak, and I play Duncan Oliver the Vox. <laughs> and Kyle, I guess. Hello, everyone. I'm Hannah, and I would never interrupt anybody ever. <laughs> and I play Max the Paradox. Boy, this is a... It's a great energy we're bringing. Strong, this is a Monday. Story. It's a Monday, everyone. I know. Usually we don't have this energy on Monday. <laughs> I, I saw it. I had to take, I had to go for it. Oh, it's it. incredible. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Enjoy. Okay. You all have finished the producer's first challenge, which means we're entering into another campaign phase. You got a couple days before Savannah's next challenge which is kind of just some free open time to do whatever you would like in support of Claire's campaign or otherwise. What are y'all doing? Hi, my name is Claire. (laughs) (laughs) She's campaigning right now. Hi, my name is Claire, and I would like to sabotage and or blackmail someone. What? (laughs) Incredible. Do you have any notion about whose campaign or what you want to do? Nope. Okay. I just know that I want to play dirty. I want to do it now. (laughs) Mina's a great target. One, your rival. Two, currently second in the polls. Mm -hmm. So one of the front runners. Solar is also vastly overestimating their role in taking down the Clunkinax. So, you know, that's, that's useful grist if you wanted to, you know, run an attack ad. An attack sploot, if you will. Just splooting, correcting the narrative. That could be fun. So, Claire, a couple candidates for you to consider. Max, Duncan, any thoughts on what you're doing these couple days between now and the next challenge? Two things. I haven't seen my bud Stafford in a while. I don't know if the bureaucracy has much of a key on how this election is being run. I mean, I presume the council is involved in some manner. Alternatively, I am still extremely curious about why the keystone at wsom is doing what it's doing and continuing to do so Mm, good options max max is curious about i don't know if it'll be useful to see if anything else has happened with the bus i am also always happy to help my dear relative claire um (laughs) some mayhem which we rediscovered last time (laughs) remember how we all remember My beloved Claire, I'm happy to help out. (laughs) So Max, just to help frame maybe your thinking, a quick check-in with Gitz's reveals that there's nothing new with the bus. 
Gitsis is still processing the incongruous data from your most recent exploits and trying to make sense of it. How many Gitsis are there, Quinn? Currently one Gitsis. Good. Okay. That's the correct number of Gitsis. Yes. <laughs> Does anyone want to start? I could go first. I'll be honest. I have no ideas of how I'm going to do this or to whom I just, it's a thirst for blood. Sure. Duncan, yours seems like the most firmed up and least reliant on the other two. So why don't we start with you? Okay. So you're interested in doing a little information gathering. Mm-hmm. Classic Duncan. Just some classic Duncan shit. Mm-hmm. What's your approach here? First approach is my contact in the bureaucracy and my good friend Stafford. I haven't seen him in a while since we got back from the school, I think. I don't believe he was around at all through the clunkin' acts. He left you a note. He did. That's right. But you didn't see him. Yeah, he left a note with the screaming fog vial. Yes, saying it was bureaucracy made. But Mm -hmm. no, you haven't seen him physically since the aftermath of Somewhere Elementary. How would I usually go about trying to contact Stafford? You tell me, boss. I think a great way to get Stafford is there's probably some violation that is fairly common, but when done in a specific place is like the bat signal to meet. A secret rendezvous? Yeah, a secret rendezvous. And maybe it's just like the bike trailer for the radio station gets left in front of normal brewing because it'll immediately get called in. Great. So you take the bike trailer and leave it in front of normal brewing. Giant Jeremy Dunlap <laughs> gives you a enormous Leviathan wave from his... I think he's built like a enormous chair attachment so he can sit by the giant fermentation tank so he can interact with the customers. He's also got a place to sit, you know. Anyways, yeah. he gives you a wave. You leave the trailer and you head inside where you have a nice vantage point. And there's no word from Stafford. Hmm. He never comes. That's kind of concerning, actually. Mm-hmm. I suppose I'll probably take a trip to City Hall then and see if the department has any other workers or like a reception area where I can just kind of go up and straight up ask on behalf of WSOM, of course. You head over to City Hall, you enter in, and then you head to the Parking Enforcement Bureau. Mm-hmm. There's a like three rows of desks that stretch back in this like deeply dull, depressing mm-hmm. giant office bullpen. And you approach the, the nearest person. Yeah, I approach the nearest person. My angle is I'm doing a story on the aftermath of the Clunkinax event on the doorstep of City Hall and just going department by department to try to gauge what their involvement was, what their losses were, if they had any missing personnel. Are you asking about Stafford specifically? I'll start by asking if there's any missing personnel. Interesting. Why don't you give me a natural interviewer? Sure. It's a six on the dice, but I do have plus two, so that makes it an eight. Okay, so you get one hold as we play out this conversation. Mm -hmm. This parking enforcement officer says, no losses to report in our department from the Clunkinax engagement. We were pretty disengaged as it was not a motor vehicle, nor was it parked. No absences to speak of. Department of Parking Enforcement is operating at full capacity. Not 100% capacity. We have one officer on personal leave. That is Officer Stafford. Oh, that's interesting. I know he's generally a very active officer in the in the town. I don't mean to pry, of course, if it is a personal matter, but do you know when he would return? Uh, unclear. If uh, citizens of somewhere have any outstanding violations that Officer Stafford is is handling, is there a manner in which they could contact him that's not good business you don't contact someone on pto (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) if you're the employer no but you're not his employer i'm not his employer but i but it would be wild if he answered (laughs) here's his personal cell phone all existing citations and complaints can be routed through the main phone line does this person have a name tag wait do i know this person social dragonfly (laughs) Oh, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> gotcha, Quinn. Yes, his name is Jake. Great. Do you want me to roll social dragonfly? If you want to tell me you know Jake. <laughs> I would love to know Jake, the other Okay, social dragonfly. Is he, is he a normal human-headed person? He is indeed a normal human-headed okay. person. His facial features are sort of 
vague, like the contours of them are just a bit nebulous, not to the point where they're a functionally faceless code compliance officer, but like when you look away, you have a hard time picturing all of his feet. Like mm-hmm. he's got like brown hair, but like you can't picture the exact shade. Sure. Like you, you can't quite get his jawline right. All of it just is a little murky. Gotcha. It's one of those forgettable faces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Ugh, that's a five, but plus two makes it a seven. What happens on a mixed success? It's great news for you, Quinn. On a seven to nine, <laughs> you've crossed paths a couple times. The GM will tell you an interesting tidbit about them. Mm, an interesting tidbit. <laughs> it's the one that you get to work on. Jake is... From State Farm. Pro- <laughs> Jake is from State Farm. Yes! <laughs> Jake is from State Farm, which is the bureaucracy's officially sanctioned community garden pea patch program. It's the State Farm. <laughs> He is the community garden coordinator. It's a volunteer position. Incredible. Jake is, it's Jake from State Farm. Jake from State Farm. Can I just interject here? Entirely volunteer position that does take about 45 hours a week of his time. Oh, yeah. Jake Uh seldom sleeps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so it's Jake from State Farm. (laughs) Well, Jake. From State Farm. From State Farm. Hope the farm is going swimmingly. That's not what farms do. Do they? Do farms swim? Legally, no. Legally, no. But in this case, yes. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. It was part of the beer flood. Thank you for answering my questions. And I make a show of like closing my little notebook. Mm -hmm. Just on a personal note, as a friend, do you happen to know where Agent Stafford went? It's personnel policy not to inquire after employees that are on personal leave. Of course, of course. I just, it's some, sometimes he's a little hard to get a hold of. So do you think I could send in, we don't have emails, a letter? If you see him, could you pass along that I'm looking for him? This is just, just as a friend, this is, of course, off the record. Listen, you know, you know how it is. You love your carrots, don't you? I do. Where is this going? <laughs> <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be worried if your carrots took kind of an unexplained personal leave, perhaps? I would. Mm -hmm. I'm just worried about him. That's all. We had a pretty wild adventure there getting the school back, and I just want to make sure that everything's okay. If you leave a note, I will put it on his desk, and I'll make sure it doesn't get cleared away during the nightly desk clearing inspections. That would be lovely. Okay. I pull a page out of my notebook, and I write Stafford a note. Jake goes to a desk a few rows back that you can see has like just a bunch of WSOM mugs on it. <laughs> he places the note there. He pulls out a piece of like cardstock paper and writes a special note exemption to the desk note clearance policy and puts it on it. <laughs> I need to get one of those. Well, maybe we need a desk clear policy actually at WSOM. It's a it's a real rat's nest. <laughs> Jake returns to you. Is there anything else that I can help you with? No, Jake. Thank you. Well, actually, one more thing. Will you be at the uh, farmer's market this year? Yes, I will. Can't wait to see you in the next ARC recurring character, Jake from State Farm. <laughs> we'll see. Head out, and I'll, head, I'll head out. Great. Okay. <laughs> so you have determined that Stafford is absent. Yeah, he's on personal leave and pretty unreachable because we don't mm-hmm. have email or phone numbers. I don't know if he gets splutes at seeing as he does not have eyelids. Unclear. Unclear. Is there anything else that you would like to do? I suppose I could try and get a history of the main street, see if there's, if if I can find anything on the stone, whether that's in bureaucracy or if if I have to go to the the library. Library certainly would be a potentially good source of intel, but you don't have to go there. You could talk to William. Yeah, maybe I'll go to William. I haven't had a reading in a long time. (laughs) Okay, you meander back into the main lobby of City Hall, and just off the entrance is the long, winding, claustrophobic hallway that leads to the Customer Service Bureau. Mm -hmm. You head down it, and as you enter into the antechamber just outside of William's office, you hear a voice say overhead, Now serving. Zero. Seven. Five. Do I have a number in my hand? You do. Is it 075? Yes. (laughs) Yay! What incredible service. (laughs) 
<laughs> it actually just appears written on your hand. <laughs> oh, God. Still, the weight, the lines, short. Yep. You enter into William's office and you see it completely dark, save for one single lamp hanging over the large ornate oak desk where two white-gloved hands are resting, splayed, palms up. I take my seat and uh, put the notebook and pencil down on the table and kind of adjust them to be perfectly square. Duncan Duncan Oliver, a reading... Bill, it's good to see you. Yes, if not too much trouble. There's a, a stone at the radio station, our, kind of our keystone. It's been humming and chanting and vibrating. Anything about that in the cards? He pulls open an impossibly large tome. The two sides fall open with a pair of thuds. Mm-hmm. And he begins leafing through page upon page until he reaches your name, produces a pen, and makes several sharp notations. Your debt has been recorded. Duncan, in the past we've done this as a call for aid roll, but this feels more like a gather information because you're kind of specifically looking for intel mm-hmm. and it fits with bureaucracy's resources. Mm-hmm. So why don't you give me a roll to gather information to determine the level of detail that you get from these cards? Okay, dice. You better, you better shape up right now, okay? I really need you here. This is an important roll. Okay. <laughs> Did it work? Oh, it just barely. I have a plus one in bureaucracy, so the dice say six, but plus one makes it seven. Ooh, I am just, I am surviving. You're scraping by. The seat of my plus ones. On a seven to nine on gather information, you learn something interesting, but it's up to you to make it useful. Hannah, would you help mm. us with a quick tarot reading? Okay. I think just one card on a mixed success here. Okay. <laughs> here we go. You have pulled judgment in the upright position it's not necessarily a bad thing sounds ominous i mean it is it's not the tower so that's good judgment in the upright position (laughs) judgment rebirth inner calling and absolution so the card is calling you for a higher purpose you know it's going to be a little scary because it's a major arcana card so this is a big life event but the card is telling you to, to step the fuck up, Duncan. <laughs> William places the judgment before you, Duncan. His white-gloved hand, which disappears into his charcoal black suit, sliding slowly off of the surface of it back towards his side of the desk. And he says, Duncan, Duncan Oliver, you seek to understand, understand what is constant, constant amidst a sea of change. To do so, you must look inward to understand the variables that surround you. Seek out your own voice apart from you. Mm. Duncan clicks stop on his little tape recorder. As always, William, it was a pleasure. And Duncan scratches the bald spot on his head. (laughs) I aim to serve. The customers. Farewell, Duncan Oliver. Thank you very much. And Duncan gathers up his notepad and recording device and turns away from William and kind of calls to the void. Uh, 76? Just just, just go on. I need a little time to like... Oh, I'm, oh, of course, of course. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I was just trying to be helpful, but yes, of course. William makes like a little scooting motion with his white gloved hand. Just like move, move, move out for just like a okay, second. Of course. Okay. Yes. Um, you, do you know about the campaign going on? As Duncan tries to hook him with conversation right at the end of the, <laughs> do you know about the campaign going on? Claire's doing very well. We're going to probably get a, anyways. Okay. Goodbye. Be gone. And the doors swing open and you are thrown, it feels more like sucked out of the room yeah. rather than thrown from the room. And they slam shut behind you. Claire and Max, mm-hmm. you all are going to sabotage someone's campaign. <laughs> and or Yay. blackmail. Yeah, sorry. Sabotage and or blackmail another candidate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Excuse me. My yes. mistake. Tell me a little bit about your plan here. What does this look like? <laughs> who, who are you going after? What's, what are you going to do? What's, what's going on? What's up? 
Claire has put together a fortune teller, you know, the paper thing. Does everyone know what I'm talking about? Oh, the, oh, like, the like the paper finger fortune triangle yes. four. Finger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Count the number of letters in a name or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Are those just called fortune tellers? I think those are called fortune tellers. I thought they had some special Cootie name. Catchers. What? Oh, yeah. Cootie Catcher. That was it. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? that's a weird name. Yeah. For it. That is that's a weird name. That's a very weird name. That's what they're called. We can call it something else. I will else. tell okay. you <laughs> that in my school, it was called fortune teller. Well, let's just call um, it a uh, fortune teller. It's great. Oh, God. It's also known as a salt seller, a chatterbox, and a whirly bird. That's not a joke. I'm looking it up right now. I kind of like yes. Chatterbox. Sna- I like, I like Chatterbox. Snapdragon. That's fun. Snapdragon's I, good, too. I, I think yeah. you're on the same website that I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Whatever you call it at home, we all know the basic gist. There's there's four things. And you have to open it, and then you open it the other way. And you Yes, do- exactly. So I think that Claire is using this where she's crudely written different candidates on it and like sabotage or blackmail on it to decide what to do. This is her grand strategy. Tio. Yes. Tio, tell the truth. Have you made one of these with the candidates' names and are you doing this right now? <laughs> I have not, but I'm looking over and Kyle is absolutely <laughs> doing that right now. <laughs> oh my God. Secret. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> have to make a square piece of paper. Hold on. Here's what I'm thinking to narrow it down a bit. In my opinion, solar is impossible to blackmail. Yes. Because solar doesn't strike me as a being that's capable of understanding the concept, truly. Also, I just don't think that they have anything to blackmail yeah. them with. I think that solar is so out of touch with like the common man that sabotaging solar is just getting solar to talk about their platform more if the last round of the campaign was any indication we can annihilate humans for trees am i remembering that correctly was solar on board with that seemed like it in the conversation with andrew the alligator they were vibing unclear where solar might draw the line but yeah they were on board with breaking down the constructions of man and some other stuff (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, solar, just from just that conversation strikes me as like solar is a tech bro that doesn't understand that the worst thing they can do is talk to people. Anyway, all of that to say I'm less inclined to attempt to sabotage solar because I a I don't think it's that funny and B, I just don't see the merit in it. <laughs> Which leaves C-Mac, Mina and the PTA. What are we thinking? I think your bigger target is either Mina or the PTA. And since you hate Mina, this feels like it would be a real passion project for you. (laughs) And I love to encourage your interests. I agree. I also think Mina has a lot of the same faults as the PTA in terms of establishment, but without a lot of the savvy of the PTA. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm down to do something that sabotages Mina. All right, Quinn, we know our target. Great. What do you do? <laughs> Let's see. How's that Snapdragon chatterbox going? Hold on. I thought I did it right. I did it. I missed it. <laughs> you know, origami's hard, everyone. Remind me, what is Mina's official job title, Quinn? Mina is the city auditor. That's right. She is the city auditor. Okay. So she knows where a lot of skeletons are buried. Oh, oh, I have an idea. We bury a skeleton. In her yard, and then how does that sound? Oh, and then frame her for murder. Maybe not murder. Maybe just um, like unlawfully keeping bones in the front yard. I don't know what the law is in somewhere around keeping dead bones, but I mean, who in somewhere doesn't accidentally have some bones in their yard? But also, I think the bigger question would be, who is it and why are they in your yard? Rather, I don't think that the headline is Municipal Code 577 was violated. I think it's more Mina the Murderer. (laughs) Okay, I like where you're going. This is in character. Claire's like, I like where you're going. I often find that the violent answer is prudent. (laughs) But I think that one of the reasons that we're having this election is everyone is upset with the status quo. And Mina is literally the city auditor. I'm sure that we can find a way to sabotage her based on just what she's done in her job. I don't know what it would be, but there's got to be a couple of decisions she's made that would be very unpopular if they came to light. And we can either use it to sabotage her or blackmail her, depending on how bad it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't say no. Two skeletons <laughs> in her front yard. 
you know, I, I like, again, I like where your head is at. Why don't we do both? We'll bury the skeleton. We'll have it as a backup. I, I'm done. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. You can hear it. You can. So uh, give me a color and spell it out. Chartreuse. C-H-A-R-T. This is incredible audio. I know. Quinn is like, my God, when do I cut you all off? E-U-S-E. E. Great. Uh, and then Tio, give me. I don't think I spelled that correctly, but that's Great. okay. We're Tio, not doing it again. Choose a no. number one, two, five, or six. No, I don't. Do this we? It's ha- the last step. Five, one, two, five, or six. Two. Two. Okay. Your fortune is Sabomina. Oh, okay. <laughs> do they all say Sabomina? No, they don't. Oh. The other option you could have had under there was try the gas station again. Or distract C Mac or chill with Jeremy. Now, I'm gonna go. <laughs> but you ahead, got Sabomina. Good job. I'm gonna go ahead and say, since this is a game that we all make together, that that gives us a plus one moving forward because the spirits are with us. In this. I love that you say that. <laughs> <laughs> this can't be your new catchphrase. <laughs> As a fan of your characters, I love that you say that. I'm going to try my luck with bringing that one up if we need to roll. Okay, how do we feel about this plot? It's entirely made up on the spot. I'm not saying it's the best plan, but that's just my inclination is that her her job is her weakness in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like that. Okay, now how how would we dig up dirt on what the city auditor has done? Is a, is a great yeah, question. I return to what do you do? Yeah, <laughs> look, this is all great. I, I don't have time to make another one, Quinn. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I'm inclined. Oh, you just went to Will because I was going to say Will would be a person I would ask for dirt on Mina. Will wouldn't give you dirt on Mina anyway. Oh, why not? For all of your torrid love affair, he is a member of the bureaucracy. So loyal to City Hall. Fine. I think we need to break into her office, right? Who's going to give us dirt on Mina that we know? Am I forgetting of a human that exists? Or otherwise. Or otherwise. I mean, I could try to find Walker and see what they have on her, but I'm pretty confident that we should break into her office or her house. But she probably, she's such a stickler. She's keeping the office stuff in the office. As a fan of your characters, sure. mm-hmm. I will warn you that breaking into City Hall would be exceptionally challenging and pose some deal of risk to your campaign as well. <laughs> mm. Also, doesn't have to be true. <laughs> Yeah, why are we? Why are we? <laughs> you can say whatever oh. you want. Yeah, we're talking about Claire here. We should just lie. What's, yeah. what's um? The lie might be true. That's Claire's ethos. <laughs> the lie, the might, lie be might be true. <laughs> we don't have enough research, and we won't do the research to find out. Okay, I am tempted to find Walker and see if there's any real dirt. But if not. Yes. I'm down to lie and make something up and have Mina have to work hard to prove otherwise. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I'm sorry this okay. is taking so long, Quinn. We just didn't really think it through. <laughs> What's sabotage? Claire, 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 don't say no. Three skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a literal boneyard. Oh, my let's, God. Yeah, yeah. Walker's like yes. out in the forest, right? Typically, but given well, recent incidents, I don't know if I know how to contact Walker at the moment. What if you go start a fire in the forest? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do hate that. They do hate yeah. that. That okay. might not be the best way to... Well, they know it's me doing my, my attention grabby well, thing. It's a small fire. It's a yeah. signal fire. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Let's go that route. And if not, I say that we lie and that we say that Mina was the one that got rid of the buses. Mm. Oh, and Ooh. killed four people. Yeah, that we know of, and released those cars. Yeah, <laughs> Max. <laughs> Two birds with one stone. Okay, here. <laughs> what? No, Max. Let's venture into the forest. We'll have ourselves a nice little barbecue. I'll cook up some wonderful. Uh, there's there are these amazing delicacies called s'mores. I just invented them, mm. and we'll get a hold of of our our good bud Walker. All right, let's let's do that. Let's go frolic in the forest. The two of you head out to the forest and start a small fire. And some time goes by. It gets into the evening. 
the sun is mostly down the edge of the sky stained with a unnatural crimson. When you hear some rustling in the... Actually, give me a gather information roll with entropy. Now, about that plus one. Nope. <laughs> you can't just invent plus ones. Oh, we didn't. The cootie catchers did it for us. Yeah, we've invented worse. <laughs> That's true. Okay. All right. Fine. If you, if you, look, Quinn, if you don't want to follow the universe's signs, that's on you. Yeah, that'll be a good old nine. Hey. On a seven and nine, you learn something interesting, but it's up to you to make it useful. I think as you and Max are gathered around this fire, you hear some rustling in the underbrush and emerging through the trees is a human figure, mostly. They are about two-thirds human, and where the human elements have been stripped away are roots and leaves and vines and branches and other vegetal aspects, and slowly sort of limping their way out of the forest is Walker. Uh, hey, Claire. How's it going? Yeah. They look uh, hungover, almost. <laughs> I hand them a s'more, and I go, sustenance, my friend, sustenance. They look at the s'more, sort of consider it, and take a very tentative bite. Aw. Mm, I don't know if this is going to do the trick for me. Hey, can you put that fire out? That's, like, not cool. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Sorry, I had no better way to get a hold of you. And I think Claire pulls from her back pocket a beautifully embroidered, it looks like a handkerchief, but it's bigger and it covers the whole fire and immediately stamps it out. And then she looks over in the distance at no one in particular as if she's looking to a camera and goes on sale at Claire's store for $4.99 in three installments. Dropping down from the sky as one of the campaign drones. <laughs> Wait, has that been listening this whole time? Yes. Probably. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, who's that? Why are they in the forest? This is Max. Family. Family walker. You know, people have that. Yeah, right. They're cool. They've passed all the preliminary tests required to be in your presence. Hey, walker. Hi. Hi, walker. Mm. Hi. Hello, hi. Hey. Hello, human. I mean, hello, Max. It's nice to be introduced to you. Ni nice to meet you too, Walker. Beautiful forest you got here. Big fan. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. What can I do for you, Claire? Still kind of marinating on the, the library. Now, Walker, you know, being me, I, I can't resist even in your current state, but to point out that it looks more like the library marinated on you rather than the other way around. Yeah, it kind of did. Yes. I kind of thought that would go better, if I'm being honest. Well, in some respects, it went pretty well in that we're both alive. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. Be bad if we were dead. It could have gone much worse, yes. But that's, that's actually why I'm here. As you know, doing the library heist, so to speak, with you put me in a, in a certain position with counsel that's not ideal. And basically led me to have to go on the offense, more or less, which is why I'm running for council. As you know, I have absolutely no interest on being on council, right? You know that. Yeah, of course. But I realized it was the safest way for me to proceed without being mm, annihilated in the middle of the night by council for participating in the library fiasco. I won't bore you with the background details. You're not going to care. No. I need dirt on Mina. Real dirt? No, no. No, no, no. Metaphorical dirt. No, okay. Something that would make her look very bad. Not real dirt. Uh, real dirt would have been really easy. Yes. No, I don't want her buried. Although okay. that's now I'm realizing a really interesting way to phrase that. No, I mean metaphorical. Something that I can use to either sabotage her chances of counsel or blackmail her into dropping out. Hmm. Hold on, let me let me think about all the book fiber I absorbed while I was in the library. Okay, yeah, I remember one thing. I don't know how useful it'll be to you, but Claire, here here we go. Mina filed an official declaration of personnel relationship with Bowie, the finance director, but then she also filed a declaration of secrecy so that the file would have to be like classified. Ooh, 
Do you have a date on when that was? No. Okay. Does it matter? <laughs> well, I mean, if it's an ongoing relationship. Oh, yeah. It hasn't been revoked. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know. Like, maybe some conflict of interest. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, hopefully, you can you can do something with that, right? Oh, I can. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Walker. W- would you like me to make you some soup? Mm-hmm. No. Can you turn the sun on? That, that that helps. I no, you can't. I, you can't. Shit, no. I forgot. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's not one of my. At least as far as I know, one of my powers. I can mm. sell you a a, a solar lamp, though. Mm, can I borrow it? Yes, yes, absolutely. You can have one for free. And I think Claire summons uh, the drone back and and tells the drone to go fetch one of the solar lights. Whether the drone will do this or not is entirely up to you, Quinn, but I think she does do that. And then goes like, if that drone does not come back with a solar lamp for you in the next hour, I'll have someone uh, come out for, I'll have a, a Clarigan come out and hand one to you. Uh, Yeah, okay, great. The drone comes back pretty quickly and uh, deposits the solar lamp in Walker's hands and they turn it on and like shine it over them. And you can see some of the like human bits mend, like grow a little bit and cover up some of the plant fiber. And they seem a little invigorated by this. Can I hang on to this? Actually, this is great. I love this. I don't have to wait for the sun to come back up. It's great. This is great. Consider it a gift. Great. And... They turn to walk back into the forest, but then pause and turn to face you, Max, and their eyes narrow ever so slightly. Hmm. And they say, Traveler, your echoes have outpaced your reach. Wash your hands as many times as you like. The outcome is inevitable. And their body is pulled rapidly back into the forest in the distance. Uh, did Claire see that? Or is this just for me? Yep. Ooh, and I look back at her and I'm like, you, okay, you, you saw that? You saw, all right. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 24 of Monster Hour Absurdia. Campaign season may be heating up, but it's certainly not the only drama in town. Don't worry, we got something to cool down coming up. I want to thank everyone, as I often do, for helping to spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout on social media, and recommending the show to a friend. It is the best way to support us, it warms our little hearts, and it wards away the ritual chanting in a long-forgotten language that eternally threatens to overtake our frequency. Plus, if you help spread the word about the show, you might wind up with a character named after you. Since Twitter is continuing to implode in slow motion, we're starting to include Instagram and podcast reviews as well. So shout out to that guy Jake for our latest fan NPC, Jake from State Farm. And if you're in a position to do so, you can also support us financially by joining our Patreon. No new patrons this week, but I want to thank all of our amazing supporters for helping make this show possible. Our Patreon allows us to pay our wonderful editor, Ian, without whom we uh, truly couldn't keep making Monster Hour, given how busy my little monster keeps me. Plus, it allows us to offer cool merch, experiment with other games and guests, and do lots of other rad stuff. So if you're interested in becoming a patron, you can head over to patreon.com slash monsterhour or follow the link in the show notes. That's all I've got for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in May 30th for the next broadcast of WSOM Radio Somewhere. A few days pass with the three of you engaged in more mundane campaign activity. Doorbelling, sign waving, fundraising, hiding in people's houses in the dark and shouting Claire's name to scare the bejesus out of, you know, just the usual stuff. (laughs) Uh, Until the day arrives where it is time for the producer's second challenge. You all are gathered on Main Street. The candidates are positioned in the street itself standing a couple feet apart side by side, while onlookers surround the sidewalks on all sides. Floating overhead, suspended on a platform that is held aloft by the four drones, is Savannah, and she addresses the crowd of onlookers, as well as all of the followers on the live split. Welcome, candidates! Today you'll get a chance to show off your mettle, decision-making, and ability to lead by example. By now, the voters know all about your positions and platforms and hidden skeletons. But what they really want to know is, 
Will you fight for them? Somewhere is a beautiful town beset by inexplicable phenomena and untold horror. Can you come up big when the chips are down? Now's your chance to prove it. Today's challenge is the deadliest catch. There is a deep groan beneath the street, followed by an abrupt crack as the pavement gives way. Claire, you and the other candidates fall a short distance and land in a large stucco gully, littered with bits of miscellaneous debris and primed with about a foot of standing water. It is the Forsaken Community Pool. (laughs) You may have grand plans if you make it to the council dais, but there's always a catch. Some reality-bending, life-ending threat that winds up sapping all of your time and attention and will to live. Because who cares what you want if you're governing a desolate wasteland? Our deadliest catch today has been a fearsome fixture of somewhere's plumbing and water features for as long as anyone can remember. A constant thorn in the council's side. Everyone give it up for the pool kraken! The water around you, Claire, starts to quiver a little bit, and you hear snaking through drains and moving through the debris, the detritus from the old water park. Dozens of tendrils formed from pastel-colored pool equipment, pool noodles, inflatables, nets that they use to fish stuff out of. And very quickly, on all sides of the five candidates are the appendages of the pool kraken. As a member of the council, you'll have a whole town full of people to look after. But today, it's just one. The constituent that each of you matched with is buried somewhere in the Kraken's <laughs> refuse and recreational equipment. Rescue them, and you'll prove you can hang with somewhere's deadliest catches. Fail? Well, you'll probably be losing more than just one vote. Oh, and one more catch. As you may have guessed, there are no staff today, candidates. But if you're a fan of our contenders, you might want to stick around. Just like democracy, this event won't be entirely a spectator sport. With that, let the second challenge begin! And all of the pool kraken's tendrils start to whip and writhe, and the other four candidates, Claire, start to fan out. (laughs) Melvin! Max and Duncan, I am assuming you are in the audience today, although I should ask if you can. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There is a wild fervor in the crowd, cheering and shouting and some screaming as this event unfolds. Duncan wants to try to position in, in the crowd to get a better vantage. Mm-hmm. Try to push to the to the front, to the edge of the pool, kind of towards the Kraken. Yeah, yeah. I think you're able to to get to the front if you weren't there already. Yeah. Um, I'm actually looking at my moves, everybody. Yay. What? I know, right? <laughs> what a wild concept. <laughs> Do you have find Melvin? <laughs> <laughs> that would be very useful. It would. I think Claire, as you and most of the candidates are kind of sussing things out, considering their options. The PTA has several members in there. They've kind of fanned out a little bit. Mina's looking around. C-Mac has sidled up next to you. Solar the Moonslayer has charged straight forward towards the nearest tendril with their golden spear and is taking a huge cleave out of the tendril. Right. Okay. Just to confirm, you paired with Melvin last time, so that's your target, right? Yeah. Yeah, your constituent is Melvin. So I need to find him and save him. Yes. Okay. I don't see him currently, though, right? Just a quick Uh, look about. If you would like to assess reality, you're welcome to. I think so. Can we help with that from the audience? People are shouting things all around. If you think you can get a message to Claire or break through the... I mean, you're you're welcome to... Yeah, if you want to DS Claire. uh, (laughs) Yeah. DS. Yeah, so I can mark a... I've got an empty essence track because I'm not a candidate. Awesome. Well, you know what's really annoying is when two of the dice roll the exact same number. That's okay. That's going to be a seven. Hey. Okay. On a seven and nine, you get to hold one. What's my best route to Melvin? Here's what I'll give you for this. The body of the pool kraken is not present. Mm -hmm. All you see are these like tendrils which are out. So clearly the constituents are contained within some of these tendrils, much like you probably were when you willingly entered the the body of the Kraken. (laughs) Right. So you need to figure out which ones or which one. And I think you can see, I'll give you a little more for this, but I'm not going to tell you which one specifically. I think as you're looking around, you can see a few, there's a, a dozen tendrils. You can see five that are bigger, like a little meatier, like they have a body in them. Like a snake eating a meal. Yes, exactly. Are those five together, spaced out, sporadic? No, they're spaced out throughout the pool. 
Okay. I'm going to go up to the first one of those fat tendrils. And as I'm running up to it, yelling, Belvin, is that you in there? Squeeze the walls if it's you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Give me a roll to face fear when you attempt something risky in the face of fear or danger. I know Claire is probably not afraid. It's a it's a function of the name of the move. But, yeah, uh, I think Claire isn't afraid of anything except losing followers or clout. Yeah. That's an eight. On a seven to nine, I will offer you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. Actually, you know what? I'm going to get a dice and roll to see if this is Melvin. <laughs> <gasps> yes. The keeper rolling dice. Claire, you rush up to this tendril, one of the five that you can see that is slightly girthier. You know the moves of the pool kraken to some extent. Its tendril sweeps out, it skirts the surface of the water and sends a spray of fetid pool scum towards you, but you're able to leap over it. And you get closer and you're, you're shouting and shouting like, you know, Melvin, if that's you, strain, squeeze, do something. And there's no disruption in the surface of this this tentacle. There's no hand pressing against the polyurethane or protrusion of pool noodle or anything like that. So I think you can only interpret this as it not being Melvin. There's no other response besides that. But as you're shouting, as you're entreating whatever entity is inside to give you a sign, one of the other tendrils that is near you sweeps through and catches you in the chest for two harm. Except it's not because I'm going to use my black and blood burning bile. I will mark vestige to avoid harm from attack and may choose to inflict your weapons harm on the enemy that attacked you. What does that look like? I think the tendril comes up to whack me, hits the like fancy purse that I'm wearing over my shoulder. And the purse has animated teeth that come up and bite the tendril back. It's a self-defense purse. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Let's put for that sale in now. The... Yeah. Yes. Is that the declared self-defense purse? Okay, we're putting that. Yeah. In. All right. It's bio. The purse it's that bi- fights for you. Yes. Exactly. That's the. That is the uh, copy tagline. It is connected biometrically to you, so only you can touch it and not be hurt by it. Uh, it's many lawsuits. Many many lawsuits. <laughs> Incredible. Your purse bites the. <laughs> the pool kraken's tendril and you hear a pop as one of the like pool floaties bursts uh, and then there's a, a hiss of air that seems more animated and alive than it maybe should be as the tendril retreats momentarily mm-hmm. so you do not suffer harm yeah. around you in the rest of the pool arena we see the other candidates springing to life solar has dispatched one of the tendrils by themselves it appears to have been one of the ones that didn't have anyone in it So not functionally useful, but impressive nonetheless. The PTA is running a very elaborate dodgeball game, basically, with another tendril, like moving its bodies back and forth to tease it to attack and then leaping up with a bunch of improvised weapons to try to bring it down. CMEC has used his entropic spray paint to create a bunch of like body doubles, basically, that are (laughs) almost similar to the PTA running around. But you can tell the original is kind of like surveying the scene, trying to figure out what's going on. Mina, meanwhile, is hanging back, also studying. But you can see she has her eyes pretty well focused on one tendril in particular, trying to figure out her approach. Okay. So it's clear that Melvin is not in this tendril, correct? Melvin is not. Someone else's. Yes, someone else's. Uh, while I'm here, I'd like to find out who it is. How do you do that? I think I get really up close. Like, I'm like almost have my, like, my ear to the tendril, and I'm just like, tap on the side of the tendril when you hear your name. And then I just start cycling through the names. Andrew. <laughs> Sam. Eric. <laughs> Principal. Okay. <laughs> I feel like this Andrew might working? be pretty easy to spot in a tendril, right? You would Whole think. ass alligator. You would think, yeah. <laughs> I think it's got to be another, I hate doing back-to-back moves because I want to mix okay. it up, but I feel like it's got to be another face fear. Sure. That is going to be a seven. Woo! <laughs> oh, we love our mixed successes today. Worst outcome, hard choice, or a price to pay. I hate to be so basic, but you're fighting giant kraken tendrils. I think you're going to get slammed while this is going on. Now, I do have another vestige, and I'm willing to just go all the okay. way. You have left. <laughs> I will yeah, have how... two left okay. after this. Okay. Sure. Okay. 
What does this look like, you ask? <laughs> I assumed it was another bite from your purse, purse bites for you. Very good for you. It could be. It could also be the scrunchie helmet I'm wearing. So it's a scrunchie that converts to a full helmet without messing up your hair. But the tech is very bad on it. And so it goes off randomly all the time. So I think the tendril tries to attack my head and it accidentally hits the sensor for the scrunchie helmet and instead just gets smacked by plastic. Okay. This is the one that is attacking you. I think it just kind of like slams down. And there's another pop and crackle and snap, not in that order. <laughs> and you see briefly before the pool equipment recal like moves shifts back to form a uninterrupted surface. Inside you see the face of Sam the juror. Oh. Yeah. I'm gonna run to another one. I'm not gonna help the PTA at all. Brutal. <laughs> As you run, you feel someone grab your arm and it is Mina Redmond. Claire, just listen, okay? I can audit all the tendrils. I know exactly where everyone is, but I can't fight. If you help me get my person, I'll tell you where yours is. Okay, but we're going to get my person first. If you welch, so help me counsel, Claire. <laughs> Praise me. Don't worry. <laughs> I pull my scrunchie out and hand it to her, and I go, put this on for protection purposes and also as collateral for this agreement. I don't want to. <laughs> it's to your complexion. It's oh. worthwhile. It's functional, mostly. Fine. Kind of. All right, come with me. Melvin's this way. Great. I'd follow. As the two of you take off, you see Solar engaged in a brutal fight with another tendril. This one does look like it has someone inside. It's unclear if Solar has figured out which ones do or do not. <laughs> The PTA has landed several of its members onto the tendril that it was playing cat and mouse with and is peeling away. Although you do see a nearby tentacle slam down and like destroy one body of the PTA. And C-Mac has zeroed in on one of the tendrils. Claire, as Mina leads you, you hear Savannah overhead. All right, let's just pause for a second. And everything in the pool freezes. Claire, you are completely stuck in place. Ugh. We should make this a little more fun, don't you think? And she holds out her hands and the crowd cheers. Yay! Oh, wait. As ballots begin to rain down on all sides of the pool. Should we make things a little bit easier or a little bit harder? And for who? The choice is up to you. What? Yay! The public is going to love that and we're all going to 